What could you do this morning? So I just want to welcome everyone to Skyline Full Gospel this morning. Uh, I know that as I look around that uh, many of you did not come to hear me preach this morning. Uh, I know you're here because you heard my wife was making her world-famous apple dumplings, and I'm okay with that. Um, and I know with all the distracting smells of our uh, across-the-border dinner we got going on today with our tacos, our burritos, our enchiladas, and our uh, nachos, I promise you, I'm not going to keep you long. Kind of hungry myself. So, um, but as we continue this study of the little book of Jude, um, Jude tells us that the ones that he's writing this letter to are to those that God has kept, that God has set apart, and that those that are kept by Christ and those that are called according to his purpose. In other words, he has written this letter to Christians, specifically to Christians. And you know, this poor little letter of Jude stands in the shadow of the mighty book of Revelation. And I think that Jude is probably one of the most neglected books in the Second Testament. Um, I mentioned last week that in 22 years of preaching, I don't believe I've ever preached exclusively from the book of Jude. I'm sure I've probably referenced verses out of Jude, um, but for 22 years, I've never specifically preached out of the book of Jude until now. Um, Now, Jude, the half-brother of Jesus, he gives us a very powerful call to battle. A call to war. It's a battle cry. This letter is a battle cry for Christians. You see, the truth is under attack. And Jude is calling believers to prepare and aggressively defend the truth. Um, And you know, this call has never been more relevant than it is today. We're told that men can be women... And that women can be men. Or you can be whatever you want to be. You don't have to be anything if you don't want to be anything. A baby in the womb is not a baby, it's a fetus. I watched a video yesterday of a young lady questioning another woman who claimed to be a Catholic. And um, she began to talk, ask her questions about abortions. And this woman said, well you know, abortions are good. And she began to talk about how a baby was not a life, how this, this baby inside of the mother was not a wife, a life. And he, she asked, she said, so when does this baby or when does this fetus become a life? And they said, when it's able to breathe on its own, which brings up a whole lot of other problems. So if you ever have to be on a ventilator, you're not alive. Just a a lot of nonsense that that goes on. Uh, She also called this fetus a leech. 
said that this baby is a leech because it feeds off the nutrients of its host. Now, we're also told today that God accepts homosexuality and that God endorses it and, and, and supports it, and we have churches that do that. Uh, we, we're told constantly that our churches need to look more like the world in order to attract the world. And there are, are many ways to God, not just one, through Jesus Christ. And we're also told that turkey bacon tastes like real bacon, and that's a lie. Lies, lies, lies. They're all lies. And they're so outrageous. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 through 4 says this, If the good news that we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from the people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. The only thing that makes sense in all of this chaos in this world and all the lies that are putting, being put out today is that verse right there, that they have been, been blinded by the God of this age. Satan has blinded them, and they truly believe what they say. As crazy as it sounds and as, as far off as it sounds and how unbelievable it sounds for us to hear these things, the only thing that makes sense is that the God of this age has blinded them to the truth, that they are unable to hear and to understand the truth. So... How many of you have ever heard a preacher say, I had planned to preach on a certain topic, whatever that topic may have been, and God changed my mind? Man, I've heard that my whole Christian life. I've heard that. I've heard preachers say that. Well, that is exactly what this letter is. And we're going to see that when we get over into verse 3. But that is exactly what this little letter of, that Jude wrote is is that Jude had sat down to write on one certain topic and God changed his mind. And he's going to tell us that, as I said, in verse 3. So, very quickly, Jude chapter 1. And we're only going to read over to 3, so we're not going too far. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, to whom, to them that are sanctified by God, the Father... And preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints." Multiplied blessings. You know, the first thing that Jude does is identify his audience as Christians. We pointed that out in the beginning. Those who are sanctified or set apart or, or made holy, 
those who are kept by Christ or in Christ and those who are called according to God's purpose. That is a Christian. Now, Jude says that, in other words, we are all children of God. As Christians, we are the children of God. And with that relationship comes many rich blessings, of which three are mentioned here today. First is mercy, second is peace, and the third is God's love. Now, Peter said in 2 Peter 1, 2, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God or Jesus as our Lord. In the knowledge of God. We find these blessings in the knowledge of God and in our knowledge of, of Jesus Christ as our Lord. That's where these blessings come from. Peter said that there are multiple blessings of grace. Multiple blessings of peace in the truth of God and in the truth of Jesus Christ as our Lord. You know, this was a common greeting for the Jews at this time to, to wish mercy and peace upon someone when you began to speak to them. But Jude adds love. He says, mercy, peace, and love. Now, this is the only place in the Second Testament that this is put together this way. This is the only greeting like this. And not only does he pray that you have mercy and that you have peace and that you have the love of God, but he prays that it is multiplied, that it grows, that it is to its fullest, that your cup overflows. Psalms 23, 5 says, my cup overflows. And that's what, Jude, that's what Jude is praying, is that your cup overflows with these blessings of mercy, peace, and the love of God. Now, I don't know about anyone else, but every single day, I need more and more of God's mercy. Every single day I need more and more. I need God's mercy multiplied every single day. And I need more and more of his peace in this world, in this life that we live, and all the things that go on in our life. I need more and more of his peace. And I need an overabundance of his love in my life. Now, the first that he speaks of is mercy. And can I confess something to you this morning? Without God's help, I am a complete failure. Without God's help, I am a complete failure. I cannot serve God on my own. I cannot live a godly life on my own. I cannot do it on my own. I am a complete failure. I need the mercy of God in my life. 
Jesus told the apostles to watch and pray. He said, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. And then he says this, the spirit is willing. I want to do the right thing. That's what I want to do. I want to serve God. I want to make God pleased. I want to make God happy. I want to serve God, and I want to live a godly life. The Spirit is willing. But then he says this, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. That's in Matthew 26, 41. And, you know, I'm embarrassed to admit that I need God's mercy multiplied. Anyone else need God's mercy multiplied? Amen. John said in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 10, that if you say you have no sin, if you say that you do not struggle in this life with sin, then you're calling God a liar. You're calling God a liar, and his word is not in you. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We need to recognize that we need God's mercy in our life. We need to recognize every single day that I need God's mercy multiplied upon me. And we are told, Paul Paul says to, or or the the writer of Hebrews said, to go before the, the throne of God boldly so that we might receive that mercy that we need. And Paul told the Romans... In Romans 9, 23, and I love this. And he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. Do you know what vessels of mercy are? That's sinners that are saved by grace. We are vessels of mercy. We are bowls that receive the blessings and the mercy of God. And God continues every day to pour those bowls full until they're overflowing. Mercy continues upon us. Sinners saved by grace. We are vessels of mercy. You see, whether you realize it or not, believers need daily outpouring of God's mercy. Every single day. And with those mercies multiplied, it also brings peace multiplied. Yesterday, I went by and seen Dwayne Davis, who just had had major surgery. And um, when I walked in, Dwayne was laying there, and he invited invited my wife and I in. And... um, he just looked good. Man, he looked good. Just looked like Dwayne Davis. Did, didn't look like anybody who had been through any type of major surgery. And uh, when we come in there and we begin to talk to him, the first thing he told me is, he said, I 
am at complete peace with all of this. I have peace with everything that's going on. He said, God is in complete control. He said, I didn't expect this. He said, my doctors didn't expect this. He said, but this didn't take God by surprise. He said, God is in complete control, and I'm at peace with that. And he told me this. He said, you know, this is the amazing thing about this. He said, I have never been closer to God in my whole life. He said, I can literally feel God walking with me through this. He said, I have peace with God. I have peace multiplied is what he was saying. In the middle of everything, he finds out he has cancer in his body and nobody wants to hear that. But he says, I am at complete peace with that. He has peace multiplied. John 14, 27, Jesus said this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives it, gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. You see, when everything is right with God, when everything is right with God, we have peace in any circumstance. Peace is a normal byproduct of a right relationship with God. That is what Jesus told us. I will give you peace. Don't be troubled in this world. Don't let the things that happen to you bring trouble to you. He says, I give you peace in all of that. Dwayne said this. He said, you know, he, he said, I realize that this isn't personal. He said, this is life. This is life. People deal with cancer. I'm not being picked on. He said, but I'll tell you what it's done for me. He said, it's given me a testimony. And he said, and I try to tell it to everybody I can. <laughs> he was just so excited, just so excited to be alive. He said, I have such peace with this. What an example of peace multiplied. You see, when all hell breaks loose in our lives, God multiplies our peace. When all hell breaks through in our lives, He gives us the peace that we need to get through that time. Peace multiplied. Paul said it this way in Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension... It doesn't even make sense. When all hell is broke loose in your life and you still have peace, that doesn't make sense. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
I may not like it. I may not understand it. I don't need to understand it. But in the middle of my storm, I have peace. I have peace multiplied. And there is no peace like God's peace. There is no peace like God's peace. Psalms 29, 11 says, The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Do you ever look at peace as a blessing? Have you ever thought about peace as a blessing? What a blessing to be at peace. Whatever's going on in life, whatever's happening in life, to be able to trust God and that gives you that peace in your life. It is such a blessing to be able to lay your head down at night and to go to sleep because you're not worried, because you have peace in your life. Psalms 85, 8 says, I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promised peace to his people. To his faithful servants is who peace is promised to. But let them not turn to folly. Psalms 119, 165 says, Great peace have those who love your law. Great peace to those who love your word. And nothing can make them stumble. Nothing will take that peace away from them. Nothing. Isaiah 26.3 says, Whose mind is stayed on you? Because he trusts in you. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. You see, peace is a natural byproduct of our relationship with God. It is the fruit that is produced in our life when we have a right relationship with God is peace. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. And Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. You were called to peace. And then he says this, and be thankful. You were called to peace. And for that, we're to be thankful. <laughs> Man, I love that. Romans 5, 5 says this, and hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. 
For the so for God so loved the world. You see, every day God pours out his love upon us. His mercy, his peace are all a natural byproduct of his love for us. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts. This love is so foreign to us. This love that God calls us to is so foreign to us. And so he pours this love out in our hearts to help us understand. I've said many times before, I didn't know what love was until I became a Christian. I didn't understand love. I, didn't, I, I mean, I love my wife, I love my kids, but I didn't understand what love really was until I became a Christian. And now there are times I look at my family and my love hurts. It's so deep. It hurts. I can't even describe it. It's one of those things you can't describe until you experience it. Hmm. Now, we're quickly coming up on Christmas. And because of God's amazing love, the greatest gift that was ever given, God gave his son, and Jesus put on flesh. The creator of this universe put on flesh so that he might come and live amongst us. Now that's love. That's love. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for you, of the con- it was needful for me to write to you and to exhort you that we should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. You see, that's what Jude wanted to write about. He wanted to write about the peace of God. He wanted to write about the mercy and the grace of God. He wanted to write about the love of God. That's what he wanted to write about. That was his heart's desire. He sat down. He said, I sat down and I earnestly tried to write this letter about the common faith that we have. You know, I can sit down and I can talk to somebody about God. I can talk to somebody about the Bible. I can talk to them for hours. Hours upon hours upon hours because we have a common faith. Mercy, peace, and God's love. That's what he wanted to write about. That was his desire. Hmm. His passion was sound doctrine. His passion is the true word of God. And he wanted to sit down and share a letter that, that talked about their common faith together. And he tried every way to write this letter in that manner. But out of necessity, from a heavy burden, he felt that he needed to address the problem of false teachers and apostates. 
I wanted to talk to you about the mercy and the love and the peace of God, but there is something bad happening around us that needs to be dealt with, and it needs to be dealt with right now. I wish I could preach happy-go-lucky messages all the time. Jude said, man, I wish I could have wrote this letter to you, and we would have had a lot of good things to talk about. He said, but there's something going on we have to deal with. And God has put a burden upon my heart that or he heard about the apostates that were invading the church. He felt the mandate to compel them to contend earnestly for the faith. That is to defend the truth continually and aggressively. Continually and aggressively. That's what we're called to. To defend the faith continually and aggressively. Now the word that was translated earnestly contend. We get our word agonize. The English word agonize. You see this is a battle. I can remember... My time in the military, we trained and we agonized and we trained and we agonized to prepare for the real thing. We continually trained and agonized to prepare for war. And that's what Jude is calling us to, to prepare for war, to prepare for battle, because that's what we're in. We're in a war, and the world will stand against truth. I've never seen a time when people can stand and with a straight face lie and never bat an eye. And when they're called out on their lie, it doesn't act like that bothers them. It doesn't act like it bothers the people that support them, the people that are around them. It doesn't, it, they don't act like it bothers them at all. And it doesn't bother them to distort the truth, to twist the truth. And Jude says, it's up to us, the church, the Christians, to prepare for war, to prepare for battle, to stand up for the truth, and to fight for the truth. And we'll finish with this. For the faith which was once delivered unto the saints, he said, listen, we don't need any more. We don't need more. God gave us everything we needed in the Word. What we have, God gave us. That's all we need. It was given to the saints of old. It was put down for us to have. And thank God we have the Word of God that we can go back to, that we can study, that we can meditate on, that we can learn for ourselves. We don't have to have somebody tell us what we should believe or what we have to believe. We have the Word of God to tell us that. 
And we have got to understand it. We have got to study it. We have got to prepare for war because there are those out there who are trying to destroy, distur, distort, and destroy. Man, I put them words all together. I can't even talk today. I'm sick of listening to the lies and I'm telling you they're aggressive about what they believe they're aggressive about what they push and there's a time coming when there is not going to be neutral ground we're going to have to choose sides Today, you shall choose who you will serve. Because if they find out, they will set out to destroy you. Not to silence you, but to destroy you. To destroy everything you are. We're kind of secluded back here in, in, the, in the hills, back here in the sticks. We don't, we don't catch a lot of that, but it's going on. It's happening all over, all over this country. And it's only going to get worse. So you better know where you stand. Speaking of standing, why don't you stand to your feet? I told you I wouldn't take long. It wasn't too bad. As we continue to introduce Jude, (laughs) listen, I wanted us to leave encouraged today. As Christians, we have God's mercy multiplied. We have at our disposal God's peace multiplied. And we have God's love multiplied in our life. It's yours. It's yours for the taking. That is a benefit of being a believer in Christ. That is a benefit of being a Christian. God says it's yours. Take it. Use it. Allow God to multiply these in your life. That is the word for today. Father, we thank you. What an encouraging thought. God, thank you for reminding us. God, I know as we stand here today that we have brothers and sisters who are fighting for their very lives. But God, you said that I am with you. I am with you in the fire. And what I bring with me is mercy and peace. And God, I pray for those today that are struggling with chaos in their life, whether it's health, whether it's relationship, whether it's financial, whether it's work. God, whatever it is, it covers a multitude of storms in this life. God, I pray that they realize who they are and the the benefits and the blessings that come along with being a child of God. And I pray their mercy, I pray their peace be multiplied to exceed the needs that they have.
Because, God, you have told us the love that you have for us is greater than we can even understand. And now, Father, as we prepare to go downstairs and to sit down to a love feast, I pray that you bless our time of fellowship. I pray that you bless our time together. Bless the food. Help it to give nutrition to our bodies. Father, bless those that have prepared and have brought to share. And we thank you for that. We ask all these things in Jesus' very precious name. Amen. Amen. Let's go get something to eat. I am planning on having church tonight. I'm just tired of missing church. So usually we don't, but tonight we're going to.